With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Tonight we are previewing the Kansas-Texas Tech game that is coming up. This time for basketball um yes we're we are not going back and reliving that that football game which was a little more entertaining than i thought it was going to be but we are not here for that so coming back to the podcast though you just heard from him just like a week and a half ago it's i'll be sure uh from viva the matadors and uh how are you doing today i'll be i am good um yeah i need to get revenge from that what was a moral loss for us and a moral victory for y'all like that didn't in no way feel like in football, like it was a win for us. So this is our chance to get revenge <laughs> in a sport that actually matters because we both realize that football is a barbarian sport that nobody should watch, that basketball is a superior sport. And um, I could just be saying this because we're only good at one sport, not the other, but who cares? Yeah, well, you know, looking at this, um, most people would say that Kansas should be favored in this game, although Ken Palm actually has Texas Tech as a uh, not so slight favorite actually coming to this game. I think that's because they're at home. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things like if, if uh, the pattern holds then, then uh, Texas tech can barely lose this game to Kansas instead of, you know, Kansas barely losing against Texas tech in football. So, um, but we will actually get to the game itself here in just a little bit after the break, actually. But um, I want to actually talk about this Texas tech team because what I've come to realize, and part of the reason I wanted to make sure that we did, you know, previews with the opponents um, is because there's a lot of difference, like a lot of different faces in this big 12 conference and not having a full non-conference slate to really kind of see what these teams are about and get a general feel for them. I wanted to kind of go to the people that actually pay attention to these teams and knew kind of what to expect from these teams coming in. So that's the goal here for the first part of this episode is to kind of talk about this Texas tech team and what the expectations for this team are coming into the year. So let's start there. What what were the expectations for Texas Tech coming into the year? And, you know, have, have they lived up to them so far in this non-conference schedule? Well, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think the expectations this year are probably as high as it 
ever has been. I mean, this is a good team. We're it's a very talented team. As good as the Big 12 is this year, and I think this is probably one of the uh, strongest years the Big 12 has had, um, that this is a team that going into the year, where I think everybody in the fan base is expecting us to compete for a conference championship. Um, and somebody on the Air Raid podcast even said that this team could win the national championship. Not going to say who that person is just yet, but um, <laughs> this team is good. This team is good. I mean, like it's. I, I think that one big loss from the team was, and I don't know if you wanted us to get into the individual players just yet, but um, for me, Davide Moretti going to Europe was huge, right? Like, right. Um, Jamias Ramsey, we all expected it. I mean, we he was about halfway through the season. We all knew he was going to be a one and done. It wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, but Davide Moretti was going to be the lone senior, the guy that had been in the program for four years, the guy that had, was going to be the pure point guard. I was really excited to see him in his senior season, and him leaving to me was a really, really big deal. However, this is also the deepest team, in, in my opinion, the deepest team in tech history. Like, it's we one through 10 easy um, on this roster, and really could even go even further than that. So, um, they've, they've kind of been able to replace it without a hitch. They've been able to place both Moretti and, uh, Moretti and Ramsey without a hitch. Uh, and this, I mean, this team is really good. It's really good. I think the main thing is, is that replacing the production at the top. And when I say replacing the production, I'm not even talking from last year. I'm talking from two years ago. Right. And I think what right. we're trying to do is get back to where we were from the national title team, uh, title game team two years ago as opposed to last year. Last year had its own problems, but I think this team is more built like the team two years ago. Well, it's not like that team last year was bad. They just weren't quite as good as the team that went to the national title game, exactly. which anytime that that happened, I mean, you got to think about it too, that they, they played in the big 12. So yeah, their, their results. I mean, they ended the year at 18 and 13, which in any other league last year probably would have, you know, said something bad about the team, but um, you know, replacing as much as they did coming into last year and still being, you know, 500 in the conference and honestly had a shot at you know a much much better finish um but you know they lost with four straight to end the season including the finale against kansas like this is one of those teams that i thought maybe underperformed a little bit of where we thought they might have been last year but it was perfectly understandable with everything that they were kind of replacing and really all i think that chris beard did last year was show that he was going to be you know, he wasn't a fluke. Like they, he was able to yeah. actually put a good team together, and they were able to replace a lot of pieces and still have a very competitive team. And this year, coming into this year, like they have, they are going to have another very, very good team this year, as we've already kind of seen with some of the results that they've gotten so far. Yeah, they dropped that one against Houston on a neutral floor, but um, there may have been some exigent circumstances there, kind of weird stuff happening in that. And to be um, to be honest, it wasn't that neutral. Like that was the home game. <laughs> no, true, true. Yeah, like, like it's in Fort Worth. And, um, in, oh gosh, yeah, that's not neutral DFW, at all. That's, that's, that's a that's tech. <laughs> that's a that's a tech home court. Anytime we play in North Texas in general, that's going to be a tech home game. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it was neutral. But I mean, that I will say this about that game. So UH came out from the very get go and pounced on. That was a very good U of H team. I grew up in Houston. I've watched a lot of U of H teams. Um, I'm not old enough to remember Five Slam Pajama. That's the best U of H team I've ever seen in my life. Um, and so they pounced on us really early, really heavy. I think Tech did a fantastic job getting into the game. I thought the game was over like five minutes into the second half, to be honest. I thought the game was over. And they did a really good job getting being resilient, fighting their way back into the game. 
And unfortunately, if you take away the first 10 minutes of the game, Tech wins. But that right. first 10 minutes matters, right? So I think that's – but I think games like that matter for the course of the season. And I think games like that, games against Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian's a very good team. Their team is probably going to go to the NCAA tournament this year. And they gave us a scare. In the second half, we're in a dogfight against a, 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 mid, a mid-major, right? And so – on one hand, I think some of the fan base were kind of overreacting to it because we weren't a dogfight with the major. On the other hand, Abilene Christian's a very good team, and I think because of we have so much turnover, you're going to have these issues. And I think these are issues that having a guy like David Amoretti would have helped, but now some of your leaders are guys that weren't necessarily here last year or haven't been here long. And so um, just those early pains of having those new players. Is the yeah, the other thing that we've noticed, uh, you know, because Kansas had, had dealt with this as well, is that your schedules are a lot more compressed early in the season this year. So like that game against Houston was your third game in five days. And the game against Abilene Christian was the third game again in, well, in, in six days there. Um, so like there are very, very compressed schedules, which wears on guys, especially guys that aren't used to going that hard in such a compressed time frame. Um, so like, you know, the, the fact that they struggled a little bit in those games is understandable it's not really anything you need to panic about at this point. And obviously like it's, it's good practice for what could potentially be some weird shenanigans going on later in the year as they try to get the entire, uh, you know, the entire conference schedule in, you know, they may have to compress some games. They may have to play three games in a week or something like that just to make the actual conference schedule work. And so, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. We're going to see some weirdness because of COVID like we already kind of expected and we've already kind of seen that, but the fact that they were able to, you know, be six and one going into conference play at this point uh, is really nothing to be ashamed of at this point. It's It's been interesting, kind of like what you were saying. I do want to talk about some of the players themselves because, you know, I, I don't I didn't really know what to expect from this year coming in. You know, there's there's a bunch of different guys you could have talked about as potentially guys that could step up. But who has actually kind of taken the reins and become the leader of this team? So I, a guy that everybody was excited about, I was not one of those people. I thought he was a little rated, and I didn't think we needed him. And that's Mac McClung. And he has, look, he's surpassed most expectations, right? Like, <laughs> he's come in, and he's been a baller from the very beginning. And I think he has, I, I think, yeah, I think one of the biggest problems we had last year was that guy, that guy that was just going to take over. It was supposed to be Jamias Ramsey. But especially down the stretch, he really struggled to be that guy. He's very indecisive, very inconsistent. Mac McClung, he's going to shoot that thing. He's going to get the rock. And if he sees a shot that's semi-open, he's going to shoot it. He has no problem shooting it. He has all the confidence in the world. And I think having that guy back, right, that's a guy we didn't we didn't necessarily have that confidence that we needed in Jamias Ramsey. The year before, Jarrett Culver was that guy. He was that guy that was confident to be able to do it. The year before that, it was Keenan Evans was that guy that was confident to do that. So now we have another guy who is – that confident that will get the ball. We need a bucket. He's going to go and get a bucket. Uh, he's absolutely surpassed all my expectations. And you, he, you can tell he's worked in his shooting. I mean, one of his biggest things coming from Georgetown was is that he was an inconsistent shooter. I mean, he still has to improve on that, but he's uh, already increased his focal percentage. He's now shooting 40% from the field. Not great, but not awful, right? But a little bit better than we right. did in Georgetown. Um, one guy I uh, – and, and another guy that I think that Beard – recruited to offset some of the problems we had last year is Marco Santos Silva, right? A, rec- a transfer from VCU. Um, last year, one of our biggest problems, we were very undersized and we were getting beat up both in the post and getting beat up on the rebound. Marco Santos Silva is a boulder in the middle of the court that you cannot push around and he gets rebounds. And the funny thing is he's only like six, eight, like he's not a tall yeah, guy. He's listed on Ken Palm as six, seven. 
Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Six, seven, six. Like, he's not a tall guy at all. But yeah, he's he. It, it's kind of funny because like everybody on here. I was looking at this, and this is kind of what what kind of stood out to me is the fact that you guys have a really small team in terms of height. Um, because there's not a single player that gets significant minutes that is listed above six seven. See, and what's funny about that is though is that though we're because that was our problem last year was that we were a small team, but yet we feel bigger if that makes sense. Like like Zanto Silva just plays so much bigger than he actually is. Well, right. he's also exactly. 245 pounds. So, I mean, like, that's a yeah. that's a big, stocky so, guy. <laughs> so, for example, in the offseason, the two main centers that would look like had a chance of coming to Tech were Marco Santos Silva and Matt Harms. And Matt Harms was the, the name, right? Everybody knew Matt Harms at Purdue. He went to the uh, Sweet 16 with Purdue. Everybody knew him for being tall and as a guy. But the thing about it is Purdue played VCU last year, and Matt Harms got waxed by Marco Santos Silva last year. Though he had a seven-inch advantage on Marco Santos Silva, it did not matter. Sandro Silva dominated the matchup. And, and I think that having that guy in the middle, that's a really good post defender. That's a really good rebounder. And the guy, I mean, he can hit the mid range. He can do some, some work on offense as well. I think is advantageous um, to have a guy you kind of trust in the middle, though he's not a high flyer. Right. So I think some people were expecting uh, like Tariq Owens from a couple of years ago. He's not that he's not going to be the guy that's going to catch alleys and be a rim protector, but he's going to be a great post defender when you go up against teams like West Virginia um luckily thank god we ain't got to worry about uh Azubuki anymore lord jesus yeah <laughs> um, but uh, when you go up against teams with those big guys uh it'll definitely be advantageous um uh, uh, just a couple more guys before i get off my soapbox here that i think are really good one my the guy that i expected to be the star this year is terrence, terrence Jan- shannon jr uh he's he's the guy that nba scouts are coming to the tech games for uh he's the most likely to be the next first round pick can jump out of the building, similar to Zaire Smith. Um, really, really, really good defender. Like, I know everybody that attaches a good defender to every guard that comes from Tech that's a draft pick, but I think Shannon is a better defender than Ramsey. I think he's a better defender than Culver was. I think he's a very, like, it's just a ridiculously good defender. Um, and he's another guy that's really worked on his shooting. He's actually shooting 50% from the field. The difference between him and McClung is he don't shoot as many threes, right? He knows his shot. Right. I think his biggest problem is, is he needs he doesn't have the confidence that McClung has or that Kyler Edwards has, right? Kyler and McClung they have the confidence they'll go out and, and, and attack it. I think Terrence Shannon, who's who's a sophomore, he still he still has to know that he can he can make things happen as well. And so, but once he gets the confidence, I, I think if if Shannon is playing at the level that McClung is, this really is a team that can win the conference. Um, it's a really dangerous. Yeah, I mean, and you know that's the weirdest thing about this entire season so far is it we look at all the teams that are in the big 12 and i could make an argument for every single one of the you know top five teams in the conference right now as to why they should be the quote-unquote favorite to win the big 12 um you know and it's it's really weird kind of trying to parse the different you know i guess the 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 different arguments that they have to like what is it that stands out the most about this particular team and how is it going to counter against other teams also kind of the reason i think that all these teams are going to beat each other up um, you know, because like Texas Tech, they've got, you know, that really good defense. They're actually the number one rated defense right now in Ken Palm. Um, Dang straight, Andy. Yeah. Number and, like, one. Little, a little, little surprising to me. But then again, it probably shouldn't be that surprising to me based on what they've done, you know, in the last few years. But I also kind of look at this lineup and I'm like, how does that even work? Because, again, they don't have a guy who plays significant minutes who is over six, seven and just 
it's my you just experience. Can't look at that with Santos Silva. Like it's it's oh, no, weird right. to explain him. Yeah, it's really weird to explain him because he is six seven, six eight, but he plays like he's seven feet tall. He plays so much bigger than like you can't just dunk on Santos Silva. You'll get right. You'll get killed. Like it's just it's just really weird to explain him. So and then but also it makes me wonder. Like it also makes me wonder what's going to happen when he goes up against like an Oscar Sheboy. Um, who I don't know. That, that's a very like, good point, right? Like this is this is why this this entire conference is so intriguing and yet so frustrating at the same time because you have absolutely no idea what you're going to get in any of these games because of the way all the matchups work. You're like, well, I mean, I'll think, be interested. Go go well, ahead. I was going to say, I think one of the biggest reasons why our defense is also so good, like I said, is this is the deepest team Tech's ever had in our history. So you after you get beat up by Santos Silva for 25 minutes, then what happens is you get a guy like Michael Peavy who's listed as a guard for some reason, but he's a guy that's six, seven can jump out the building uh, a true freshman. And he, they're going to put him in the front court. Right. Or then you'll get a guy like Tariq Smith, who is supposed to be a Tariq Owens clone, who is another guy that's six, seven, six, eight, but can jump out of the building. And he's more of the rim protector type. Right. So like you you, you get beat up by Santos Silva, you think you get a break and then you just get a bunch of high flyers. Right. So it, it just is constant movement with some of the guys that we have. I mean, there's everybody's different. Everybody's, and everybody can play defense. Like that's, I think that's one thing is, is that there's no – I mean, the, I don't even know who the worst defender on this team is right now. Like maybe Mac, And he's – he's that's another thing that's really impressed me in. It's how good a perimeter defender he's been because he gives a – not to be the, use the stereotypical white guy answer, but he gives a lot of effort. <laughs> <laughs> he gives a lot of effort. So, like, I it's, mean, yeah. It's, everybody's it fits, bought though. in for him. Everybody's bought in so far. The only guy that hasn't bought in left the program. So, like, <laughs> it's it's so defensively, all you really need is a buy into a Chris Beard program, and we're going to be up there. Yeah, I mean, it's also one of those things, though, in a in the kind of defensive program that Chris Beard has. You know, effort is probably one of the most important things that you can have in terms of, um, you know, like that's the number one trait that's going to make you successful in that defense. Obviously, you have to have some of the physical tools to go along with it, but you know, like you are going to be successful in that defense if you are able to give maximum effort at all times that you're on the floor. And so that it's not, it's not a, it's not what you would normally would think of as kind of a backhanded compliment to say a guy has a good effort in that sort of sense when you're talking about that, that kind of defensive scheme. So, all right. So um, I guess kind of looking forward, who do you, who do you think on this team? Cause I, I you've already talked about McClung and Santo Silva in this kind of, frame of reference but do you think it's one of those guys that's going to be like the the mvp of this team or, or the guy that's most important in determining how far they go in the conference or is there another guy that kind of jumps out to you i think it's terrence shannon i he was my pick for the, the team uh like mvp before the season and i think we only go as far as as he progresses as a player right like i, th- I think mcclung surprised me right and, and i think santo silva's done a, a kind of what i expect he's averaging eight and eight um, but I think that if Tannen, Terrence Shannon reaches his full potential, and I think his potential is being a lottery pick, I think is what his potential is. If he reaches his full potential where he's, it, it can drop 20 in any, any given moment, where he is, um, you know, having a 360 dunk moment in, in, the, in the conference tournament, like something like that, if he can reach that potential where he is just this guy that's a high flyer, incredible. His defense is already incredible, but incredible defender, incredible offensive player, and becomes and realizes this this that the player that he can become. I, I think the sky's the limit because, like I said, then you have two guys that are all Big Twelve talents, right? Right. Um, and that's not to mention, you know, like again, we got Kyler Edwards, we have Jamaris Burnett, like guys, other guys that can put the ball in the hoop, but um, at the 
McClung's already kind of realized that he can be the guy. And I think getting another, I don't think Tech has ever had a team where we had two two alphas, if you will, right? Like even the even 2017 and 2018, the two best teams in Tech history, had Keenan Evans, who was the alpha, and then you had Jarrett Culver the next year, who was the alpha. There's never right. been a time where it's been two guys where you're like, either of these guys can get 20 on every given, any given night. And I think that would just make a world of difference, right? Yep. All right. So I do want to go ahead and turn to this actual matchup, Kansas versus Texas Tech. But, but before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk podcast. And we're back. All right. So looking at this matchup, you know, we, we already talked about how Ken Palm has Texas Tech as the number one defense. Kansas number actually one, has the, Andy. Yep. Kansas actually has the number six defense. So this is going to be, you know, strength versus strength, two very good defensive clubs uh, that are matching up in this game. Not saying that these offenses are bad by any means, but, you know, Kansas has a 21st ranked offense, whereas Texas Tech has the 49th ranked offense. But looking at this game from a high level, what do you think is going to be the the most intriguing kind of either matchup between one guy or another or like the most intriguing aspect of the game like what's the one thing you're looking out for in this game uh well you know what's really annoying about kansas basketball let me let me just say this real quick okay i don't i don't know um, if we have enough time for you to go through everything you're thinking <laughs> right now no okay here's the problem all right it's supposed to be a down year for y'all you aren't supposed to be any good you're supposed to only have marcus garrett Right. Remember going into the year like, oh, Kansas, <laughs> they only have Marcus Garrett. Right. That's that's all you have. Who the hell is Agbaji and Jalen Wilson and all these guys that all of a sudden are having incredible seasons for y'all? This is unfair. I don't like it. Well, um, it's funny uh, because Abaji was the guy that was like the, the expectation was that he was going to have to step up for this team to be any good. Um, and that McCormick, David McCormick down low was going to have to step up. And instead, what we found is that. Kansas has gone to this five guard. I, I use the term loosely, and I feel like I keep having to say that because guys like Jalen Wilson are not really a guard. Like they're more of like a yeah. small forward slash power forward hybrid, but they go to like a small ball lineup where they have five guys that can play out on the perimeter very consistently. And that's been their most effective lineup. Jalen Wilson kind of down low. Like he's the guy that really, I think, has surprised everybody because nobody expected him to get this kind of you know, exposure early and nobody expected him to thrive playing the five as well as he has against some really big guys. Like, you know, he was attacking against Creighton. He was attacking against Kentucky against teams that have guys with much more size than him. Kind of like what you're talking about with the Santa Silva, you know, where he's playing with guys that are much bigger than him. Wilson's been doing the same sort of thing, except he's not quite as stocky as Santa Silva is. So I was a little, I think a little bit more surprised by that um, in that, you know, kind of frame of mind there than, than what we're seeing from some of these other guys. Oh, I'm really curious to see if uh, how much playing time Micah Peavy gets in this game, because so Micah Peavy and Jalen and Jalen Wilson, they know each other. They, I mean, they grew up in the DFW together last year. Denton Geyer played Duncanville and I, I can't remember if it was in the playoffs or just regular season game, but it was, it was like a really close tight knit game. Those were the two headliners. So I'm really excited. To, like I really want PV to play good minutes in this game because they'd match up against each other. They're the same height, same skill. They, they, they do similar things. Right. Um, right. And so I, I, I would definitely, I could easily see this being a Micah PV game. Micah PV actually had an incredible game. His for his, his debut, he started, he's, he started the first game out, which is interesting because I think Namari Burnett was the freshman that we've all been clamoring over the all American. Uh, but Micah PV has been the guy that's really kind of came out 
off the bench and really has has done his do um done a really good job and and he's listed as a guard but he's again similar to Jalen Wilson he's not he he plays in the front court more than right um but so I want to see because I know that Michael Peavy is likely to take this personal I'm I'm sure Jalen Wilson will take it personal if they see each other they know each other they played against each other they know what it is um so that's actually one matchup that I'm very intrigued by is seeing those guys kind of you know anytime you know guys know each other playing against each other it's always a good time um but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to the names that we thought of when the season uh kind of first started and the two big guys mccormick versus santos silva i want to like you were saying earlier i i want to see what santos silva does against a big that we all expected was going to be i mean you we talk about santos silva being 245 mccormick's 265 McCormick is a big boy. Like, you know, that's, but I I don't necessarily know if McCormick, I think McCormick's biggest problem in a couple games that I've seen from Kansas so far is, is that I I question the amount of actual skill he has. And I, I don't, and I'm not saying that he does. I don't know. Like, I I just don't know what to expect from um, David McCormick. He's kind of had trouble staying on the court. Um, And, and so I, I, I want to see them two match up against each other. I think this would be a really good, test for the both of them to see just how much they can take yeah the problem that we've been seeing from david mccormick this year is that he he doesn't stand up well to bigger guys bullying down on him and he has problems with quicker guys because he keeps trying to put the ball on the floor when he shouldn't um and so like there's a few things that he if he were to clean those up he'd be a much more efficient player and would actually i think be very very successful but the problem is he's you know got thrown in the deep end he was really the only legitimate big guy. And so there's a lot of pressure on him to start the year. And of course, starting against Gonzaga doesn't really help because they have so many talented guys at so many different positions. Um, You know, it it seemed like almost that he was in his head too much and just thinking too much about what it was that he needed to be doing. Um, You know, his role this year had definitely been a little bit different than what it was last year. You know, being the guy coming off the bench to kind of spare, you know, one of the most dominant defensive big men in the game um, in, in, in Doak is much different than, being expected to be the main guy who is bringing most of the defense in the middle and also kind of driving the offense because Kansas, despite the fact that they don't really have a lot of good big guys, Bill Self still likes to default to going through the middle, you know, trying to pound the ball down in low and scoring that way. This Kansas team just really isn't set up for that this year. He's been a lot more quick to adjust to that than I think a lot of us were expecting him to. Um, you know, kind of as evidenced by Jalen Wilson playing the majority of the minutes, the five um, or, you know, there's definitely not been a lot of, or there's been a lot less time for, for McCormick being on the floor than I thought that wasn't related to foul trouble. And so, yeah, well, I know, think he's played it. I, from what I, like I said, from what I've seen, I seem like he's played his way out of playing time. Like I, I just, and that's why I say that. I don't know if he's, I think that he, like you said, he came into the year where we were expecting him to kind of take over for as a boogie in a way and he's just not didn't seem to be that guy like I think he plays his, if he plays his role like you were talking about last year his role was pretty set come in for uh Udoka when he comes out do what Udoka does and then fill it in right just be a right. lesser version of Azubuki this year you're supposed to be Azubuki and I just don't think he's that guy and so um and with that I I think you talking about him not really uh going well against a bully Sandro Silva's a bully and I, yep. he's not really necessarily quick per se but he's he's gonna bully it doesn't matter how big tall strong you are he'll bully you so i but i am interested to see santo silva 
in a tech uniform against another big body and see what he does. I think this will be a really good test when we do go up against bigger teams like a West Virginia, um, you know, or like an Oklahoma State, like some of those bigger teams that are have guys over six seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's weird because like I don't think McCormick can have a problem with Santo Silva bullying him. It seems to be guys that are bigger than him, like taller than him, and stockier than him, uh, really kind of being able to exert their will over him. But I also do think that like. Santo Silva is not going to back down from him. So it'll be a, a different type of challenge than one that he's had. I also, though, don't think that Santo Silva presents some of the problems that we've seen in terms of, you know, he doesn't have the height here. He doesn't have the weight on him. Um, so he's not going to be able to push McCormick around necessarily. That You know, that still may be able to if he's able to get good leverage or something like that. Um, or, you know, or, or if McCormick doesn't take it seriously. But he's also doesn't, I don't think, have to worry nearly as much unless Tech starts to double him on the inside about guys trying to poke the ball away from him as he's trying to make a move to the basket or something like that. So um, now, granted, they may end up that way because, you know, depending on how heavily Kansas goes to McCormick, like they may decide to kind of cheat in a little bit and, and disrupt that to keep Kansas from getting that going. But I actually think that, you know, we're actually going to see a lot more, I think, of Wilson attacking Santos Silva on the offensive right, end, right. trying yeah. to use, you know, his quickness to get around him. I'm going to be interested to see if, if PV and Santos Silva are in at the same time, you know, how well they're able to keep PV on Wilson as opposed to allowing Wilson to get after Santos Silva. Because I think that's where Kansas might have the advantage is that they might be able to, or I think they have some guys that are a little quicker that can get to the basket a lot faster than maybe Texas Tech can be able to react. The question obviously is going to be how well they deny those entry passes or cut off the, the drives to the basket or things like that. So there's a lot of things for both of these coaches to really work with to make this very interesting. And like, I think a lot of this game is actually going to be more or less on what the players are doing and how the coaches are going to be able to utilize them and get them in positions to be successful. Yeah. I, I think, I definitely think that that is what Bill Self's going to try to do. I was about, I was just about to say if they, if y'all consistently going to McCormick, that's what I would want as a Tech fan. It's for y'all right. consistently going to McCormick. Understandable. <laughs> um, I think I think y'all are going to try to attack with Wilson. Um, it's I think both teams' offensive game plans are going to struggle in this game. Like because even what you even what you're saying there is that with with Wilson coming in is our our defense collapses and surrounds and makes it very uncomfortable. And then you pass out to a guy you think is open in the second he catches the ball, he's no longer open. So it's it's just it's it's tough to get anything going. Look, tech games are not fun. <laughs> when you go up against a Texas Tech basketball team, no great game. It's not going to be high. It's not going to be like Gonzaga game where people are dropping a hundred points. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be a. a I say a I remember the games from last year. Neither of them yeah. were fun. So. They're not fun. They're not fun games. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> They're not like high. Like that's one thing at least I miss about like Zaire Smith was that at least you get a nice little dunk out of it or something like that. You know. Like, no, yeah. these games are grinded out, fight it out. Um, the Abilene Christian Gals, 51 to 44. I was like, ain't nobody want to watch a 51 to 44 game. Like, oh, it was 23 to 14 at halftime. Ain't nobody want to watch that. Like, <laughs> these are not fun games. Like, thank God we win. Thank God we win sometimes. You know, like, there'd be no point to watch. Like, it's not fun. But, you know, it's uh, what, what is fun is a competitive team. So, you know, we like that, you know. Um, I wonder why. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, but the difference is that y'all are used to watching like fun basketball. And uh sorry, this is if you're a Kansas fan and you want to watch a fun, entertaining brand of basketball, do not watch this game. 
It's not going to be. Oh, no, no. Kansas fans so far this year have gotten used to not so much fun because, again, the games have been a little bit more painful than we were wanting them to be. And so, you know, having to having to wonder or watch your team almost lose to, uh, you know, to to to, uh, oh, gosh, I just completely lost uh, to North Dakota State, like a team that they were expected to blow out. Um, obviously that was kind of related to what we were talking about. They played five games in like nine days and they were just dead at the end of that game. But that game was no. way too close for comfort. Um, when they had like, Creighton who just couldn't get it done. I'm like, come on guys, we're rooting <laughs> for you. Come on, Blue Jays, we all, we all behind you. Uh, yeah, yeah, you guys can have that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like like the collective in the Big 12, I root anytime for Kansas to lose. There's really no – y'all are the Texas of basketball. No, y'all are the Oklahoma of basketball. I mean, not I, I was just saying, not the Texas y'all of are, basketball. No, 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 yeah. Texas, well, y'all... Texas of basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always look like they're going to be better than they actually are. Uh, although, although, this year, it'll be interesting because, you know, okay, so – Let's let's just finish up real quick on this particular game because I do actually do want to talk about that specifically. Yeah. Um, so in this game, what do you think is going to be the key to this game, and how do you see the game actually going? The key to this game is the win- the winner of this game will be the team that prevents the other team from scoring more points than them. No, I'm just well, done. Oh um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, kept I it just- obvious. <laughs> I think the main thing is is really just the team. I, I think boards are going to be huge. And for Tech, it's going to be rebounding and making some GD free throws. Lord Jesus. If we don't make some dang free – I don't know if I can curse on this. At, at this you can curse on the podcast if you really if want We don't to. make some damn free throws in this <laughs> game. Like That has been the biggest – that's one of the huge reasons why we weren't able to pull up, make up, make that comeback against U of H. It's one of the biggest reasons why it was a close game against Abilene Christian. Guys, our best players are hitting them. McClung, Shannon, Kyler, they're hitting them. Great. They're not the ones getting fouled the most. <laughs> right. Santo Silva, PV, make your damn free throws. That's, I think that's, that's the thing that is just tearing us apart right now. But I think that and rebounds, and that's one thing I am worried about, is though I think Santo Silva is doing a great job on, on the boards, He's about it, and I, and I think he's, he needs help on the boards, especially since y'all got guys like Wilson, like um, who I just said his name 30 times, but I'm oh, – McCormick? Really McCormick. Um, <laughs> that, get, that gets rebounds. Like, y'all get rebounds, and that's something that uh, besides Santos Silva we have struggled with. I think if we can get the rebounding battle and make our damn free throws, we win this game. Um, it's just uh, – to me, it's as simple as that. I think our defense is going to be – it's going to be there. We're going to frustrate Shaw quite a bit. I think Jalen Wilson is not going to have as easy a time as he's had previously in this game for a couple of reasons. One, Beard's going to uh, scout the hell out of him. And two, his buddy's on the other side. Peavy's going to be ready. I'm, I really I – actually, I actually – um, I didn't watch the Denton Dyer Duncanville game because I have a life. But uh, <laughs> I, I did I did look into it. And, I mean, Peavy played a hell of a game against Denton Dyer last year. So I, I do expect that to be – um, something there. I know these are guys that have known each other for a long time. So I expect something to be there. They match up really well against each other. And the fact that he has Santos Silva, I don't think Wilson will be able to have as good easy time as he usually does. So, but none of that matters if we can't rebound the ball and shoot up make our game. Yeah, that's kind of the one thing about this game is that, you know, Texas Tech, that's like the two main drivers for their offense is that they get a bunch of offensive rebounds and that they go to the line quite a bit. And so what I'm what I'm worried about is key guys for Kansas getting in foul trouble pretty early. And then, then being left with a guy like maybe a McCormick who's not as effective as he needs to be or something like that. 
Like I, that, the main worry is that some of their defensive cogs and guys like Marcus Garrett get into foul trouble really early. Um, and then they're without the guys that are really facilitating what they try to do. Oh, On yeah. the flip if side, the charge, though, if the charge board good. gets going, it's a wrap. If the charge oh, board man. We get two charges in the first five minutes, game's over. Oh, gosh. You know what? It, like, this is weird, though, because Kansas is a team that's been getting a lot of charges this year, too. And I am I'm of the the opinion that way too many charges end up getting called in the in the college game because I don't know. I, I just I don't like how many charges end up getting called. But Kansas has been pretty good at getting them. So it's not like it's hurt them at all. It's just I just don't like the way that 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 looks, you know, like it. A lot of times I think that 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 whole block charge thing needs to be cleaned up some other way other than allowing those two outcomes. But that's well, a block, that's an entire other podcast. Are, so block charge calls one of the dumbest calls in basketball. But no, I agree. It benefits my team. So I like it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, no, no. So like, I, I think that the fact that this is down in Lubbock is going to definitely help Texas tech, but you know, this is going to be a tough Kansas team. I have a hard time picking against Kansas until, you know, they actually lose, <laughs> but it's also kind of one of these things. Kansas has a very tough stretch coming up, um, you know, playing against Texas tech and then playing at home against West Virginia and then coming back to play at home against Texas at the beginning of the season or the beginning of the year. So it'll be very, very interesting to see how they do in these first three games in the big 12 slate here. Um, you know, ultimately I, I don't know that I'm, that I'm fully prepared to actually give a prediction on this game. I just know it's going to be a hell of a good game. Um, you know, Ken Palm says it's going to be a two point game. I definitely believe it. Uh, it should be very, very fun, very entertaining. And I think the most important thing to take away from this is that whoever loses this game is going to be just a small step behind, but both of these teams are more than talented enough to, overcome you know an early loss to one of the other contenders and still push for the big 12 title this year so it'll be interesting yeah. all right so let's talk about the big 12 in general because i am very curious with those five teams up at the top of the conference um you know we have baylor west virginia texas texas tech and kansas in no particular order um like which of those five teams because like i think you can easily make a case that any of those teams could win the conference which of those five teams do you think is the least likely to win the conference just because of either what they have going on or just what you personally think about the team you want, you want my honest opinion of who i think is the least likely to win the conference sure I, or who should be the least likely let me rephrase let me, i think i know what you're gonna say but it should be the kansas jayhawks it, it should I, be the kansas jayhawks Y'all you know are the it's least actually funny of the five teams I actually agree with you, which is the funniest yeah. thing. <laughs> Y'all are the least talented of the five teams. I think it's the worst Kansas Kansas team in 20 years. Y'all are not good. Y'all, I mean, not just, no rephrase. It's not that y'all are not good. You're not at the same level as the other four teams. We're in, however, right. however, y'all are the Kansas Jayhawks and you have Bill Self. And it infuriates me that there's a really good chance that y'all might win the Big 12 Conference. And you have no idea how irate I will be, Andy. If y'all oh, I do. I do. I'm looking I will forward be to so it. pissed. I don't think I'll ever like Kansas. It's it's wash runs repeat. Kansas wins the Big Twelve championship. I've gotten over it. Right. Finally, ding dong, the witch is dead. We we won the conference championship two years ago. Some other team apparently tied with us, but they don't matter. They um, don't count. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, we we did it. We did it. Right. We we ended your reign. And but I just I just know that Bill Self is going to find a way to do it. So even though y'all should be the team at least likely to do it, I'm going to go with the flip side and say the team who probably is the most talented team in the conference, but the exact opposite reason, has Shaka Smart as a head coach, is why the Texas Longhorns are the least likely 
to win the conference out of those five teams. Right? Like, shot, like, shocker. Agreed. I mean, I know you got new hair now. You feel good about yourself. That team is <laughs> hella talented. Like, let me just say, that team is like that team is too talented for Shaka to keep them out of the tournament. Like they're ridiculous. But Shaka's still the head coach. They're not gonna win a conference championship with Shaka. Well, and here's the thing: like, yes, being the most talented team will give you the best shot at being in a good position at the end of the game. But we see this year after year. The most important, like, a team can absolutely collapse in the last two minutes, no matter how talented they are, if their coach does not have the composure he needs to get them into the right sets. Like it literally comes down to that. And if you're like, if I'm looking at the coaches in this conference, I I have to go, you know, Bill Self, number one. And honestly, based off of what we've seen so far, Chris Beard at number two. And so like there Kansas Texas Tech, I think, have the two best coaches, I think, in the Big 12, which gives them that little bit of a bump that, you know, Kansas has shown or Bill Self has shown in his time at Kansas that even if he does not have the most talented team, he can get the most out of that team compared to someone else. And so that's what gives them the leg up and puts them in this big 12 conference race at this point. And also kind of just the fact that they've won it so many times in the past that nobody really yeah. wants to assume that they're not going to win it until they see it actually happen again. So exactly. but I will say this, I don't think Bill Self has ever had a team like this in a conference this strong. Like, I think he's had teams. Right, right. And I, said, I said this is the worst team in 20 years. That's not true. But um, y'all have had teams at this level. Yeah. In some Relative to the rest of the conference. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Relative to the rest of the conference, you can have a down year for Kansas. It's still maybe the second best team in the conference. And then you end up like in 05, end up having just a better season than Texas that year or whatever. This, right. I think this year, what hurts y'all is that not only are you kind of having a quote unquote down year for the Kansas Jayhawks, but also Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, West Virginia, they're all hella good, right? So like it's, it's that's, I think that combination, because not only are all five teams fighting for a Big 12 championship, all five teams are coming into the season with national title aspirations. Oh, yeah. Right? Like all five teams could. Well, it's funny too, though, because that strength of the Big 12 conference can also potentially hurt the other teams because they'll all beat up on each other just as much as Kansas is going to get beat up by them. And, you know, Kansas is going to have an opportunity. Like I, I could see the winner of this conference having five losses this year. Like oh, yeah, this is that sure. strong of a conference. And, I don't know that I'm going to pick Kansas to have more than five losses. So, like, you know, as as much as there are issues with them kind of matching up, unless they get a bunch of these losses really early, I just don't see Kansas having more than, you know, five or six losses at the most. And that's going to put them in contention for the Big 12 title this year. So, all right, we are extremely short on time, but I'll be – Thank you so much. Real, real quick, do you find it hilarious? Yeah, go ahead. One of us, do you find it hilarious that neither one of us picked Baylor? Uh, I mean <laughs> – it's scott drew I, i'm not like, i'm not high on baylor so that's, I mean, that's just me. scott drew is like in terms of those five coaches he's right smack dab in the middle they probably have the most overall returning talent but i don't think they have the most talent on their team um you, you actually you say we're small they're small right that exactly so it's like team. it's one of those things like i just think that there's other teams that do things like they're probably the most well-rounded team of all of them but they don't do anything individually that jumps out to me that one of the other teams do and so, like, I could see every other team that's in that top of the conference really kind of fighting for that one spot, you know, like doing that one thing that's going to push them over the top. Whereas I don't know that Baylor has that one thing that would push them over the top. So, yeah, all right, we are officially completely out of time now. So, I'll be where, <laughs> where can people find you online? Air Raid Podcast. Make sure to listen to us um, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, all that. We're everywhere, baby. Um, and then also on Twitter at Air Raid Podcast, you can follow me at Mr. Underscore Albie Shore. And I was the one that said Texas Tech would win a national championship. At me, 
talk crap at me. I don't care. I stand by it. Sounds good. All right. And that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts. It's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Uh, search for Rock Chalk Podcast. You can subscribe to us as soon as, you know, get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments would be absolutely fantastic. If for whatever reason you're unable to do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you ever have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. You can also hit me up on my personal uh, Twitter account at Andy Mitch 12. Um, but uh, also because we're on anchor, you can actually leave us a voicemail so that your voice can get on the show. Uh, you know, you can leave any, any comments that you have, any reactions, any games, anything like that, the questions you might have anything. Um, so just do that by going to anchor.fm slash rock dash chalk dash podcast slash message. Leave the voicemail for us there. And I promise I'll get you on the show. So, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you guys next time on the rock chalk podcast. Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.